And hello, everybody out there in podcast land. Welcome to Conversations with Adam, the podcast that gives you only the best content. Today, we have my grandpa on, uh, Buck Butler, and we talk about all sorts of things. Um, high school back in the 1960s, kind of trying to cover what we covered with uh, my grandma in the last episode. Also, we cover kind of um, some movie stuff, John Wayne things. We cover um, drug culture from the 60s. It's a fun podcast. I really enjoyed it, so hopefully you do too. Here it is. And welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, I have my grandpa, Buck Butler. Thanks, Grandpa, for coming on the podcast. Well, thanks for asking me, I guess. We'll <laughs> I find just, out. <laughs> I kind of just sprung it on you at the last minute. Yeah, you did so, that. Uh, I apologize for that, but uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be fun. So I'll hit you with a couple of uh, short questions first. Okay. Uh, if you're going to eat tacos... Are you going to eat them on soft or hard shells? Hard shells. Hard shells. You are the, Always. You are the only person I've ever heard say hard shell tacos. That's the way I was taught. Oh, really? That's the way I was served them when I was a kid. Oh, really? On a hard shell? Yep. Oh, interesting. So I wonder if like just eating tacos on tortillas is a thing, yeah, like a new thing. No, I think that's traditional, the tortillas. The soft okay. tortillas is actually traditional. Okay. And then... But, oh, interesting. Cool. So, uh, what is the best snack food, in your opinion? Something meat-based. <laughs> like a Slim Jim, or like... Oh, not, not uh, processed stuff. Uh, uh, lunch meat... And uh, leftover fried chicken, that kind oh, of stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, I like that. Um. So, in your opinion, worst food you've ever had? What would that be? I'm not big on Thai food. No. No. Oh, interesting. We get Thai food at work all the time. Yeah. Yeah, we go get like lemongrass and stuff. The firm buys it I, or whatever. I did not like it when we all went to the lemongrass. Oh, yeah? <laughs> no, that was just not my... I'm a meat and potatoes kind of guy. Yeah, not, not the best. Not the best. It's a lot of spices. Too many. Yeah, it can kind of get... It can get to my stomach where I'm like, oh, gosh, I ate something that I shouldn't have. Yep. <laughs> um, I went away from there feeling that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you had an unlimited budget and somebody said, you can go to a fo any foreign country you want, I'll pay for it, where would you go? Australia, New Zealand. That's a good one. I had oh. another kid answer that, too. I always wanted to go there. Might someday. Yeah. Australia, New Zealand. That's a long plane ride. I had a friend go oh. study there for um, a summer semester for engineering school. And he, it was like an 18-hour plane flight to get down there. That wouldn't be too bad. I'd rather do it on a cruise ship, though. <laughs> oh, that would be interesting. That'd be fun. Yeah. yeah, hit up all the little islands in the South yep. Pacific on the way there. Yep. That'd be pretty cool, actually. Leave from maybe like Hawaii. 
I can't remember. I was looking the other day. I can't remember where they went out of for, for sure. But. Oh, that would be neat. Okay. So, I'll kind of jump into the main questions now that okay. I kind of wanted to ask. And like, like I said, <coughs> when we were starting, um, there's a big difference between the America that you grew up in and the America that I grew up in. For sure. Um if you had to pin down some of the biggest differences, what would they be? Technology, for one thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not a big uh, tech freak. I see where it has helped uh, society, but it's also hindered, in my opinion. Because if you struck down all the cell towers in the country right now, I would be my guess is 75, 80% of the population wouldn't know what to do. They couldn't survive. That's a good point. We spend a lot of time on social media. Uh, for me, it's like browsing, you know, pages of memes on Reddit or, um, you know, being on Facebook uh, or checking the news. Right. But have you, I don't know remember you ever doing it but if you ever had to sit down with and use a set of encyclopedias or to do your research no you've always had a computer yeah yep. uh, you know and i realized the time factor is different and uh, a lot of stuff that that the encyclopedias had that when i was a kid they say well we can't even put that in books anymore you know because it's it's not uh politically correct or whatever oh so stuff that was in encyclopedias yeah, yeah. Uh, well yeah everything oh interesting it's just like they can't make shoot 'em up cowboys and indians movies anymore you know yeah it's, the westerns are gone it's just entertainment it's mm -hmm. but no it's hurt somebody's feelings you know yeah yeah that's true they haven't i was actually i forget somebody had the tv on the other night and it was an old john wayne movie and I was, and I, for some reason, I could not rip my attention away from this movie because, number one, the scenes were great, right? You know, they had. They a lot. were probably redone, a lot of them. You know, in color. A lot of those movies weren't even in color back then. I don't know okay. how old the one you were watching, but John Wayne was pretty old. Oh, he was getting. Was he was getting pretty. A recent old. one. Then. Yeah. yeah. Um, was it sixty nine? <clears throat> I think it might have been 69 this one was done. Oh, they were done in color then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these these older movies where, I mean, just the dialogue alone, like uh, the way they treated w women in this one particular movie because it was in and out of a lot of brothels, I guess, in mm -hmm. Alaska, um, a gold mine, basically a mining town. A couple guys struck it rich and then... Pretty rough and wild places. Yeah. And uh, in and out of these places, just the way that they portrayed the whole thing, I, like you said, I don't know if you could get away with it today. Uh, you can if it's in a movie because they're, they're more graphic now than they were back then, you know, as far as depicting that. And people say, well, it's... It's all movie. No, this stuff actually went on. If you, if you go back and uh, study U.S. history and that stuff, the, these mining towns—that's millions or 
I'll say millions, thousands of women made a really good living. And I think, actually, I was watching a documentary on um, the Trump family and how they got, how they started building their, their fortune. And Donald Trump's grandfather actually owned a hotel in Alaska way back in the day, back when, in the mining mm -hmm. rush. And basically, that was his hotel was a I, I don't know if it was for sure a brothel but that was like the thing that people did apparently when they came out of the mountains exactly you know? yeah. and uh people are people yeah people being people <laughs> um that's that's what happened and so um i thought that was really interesting and then the other thing he tried to float the hotel down the river Trump's grandfather tried to put the hotel on a barge, on a barge, yeah. basically, and float it down the river, uh, and it came apart, yeah. <laughs> completely came apart. And then they harvested all the wood and built it again. I was like, "Holy cow!" The ingenuity of these people—it was just hard work and yeah. common sense. I mean, it, you know, they—they mm -hmm. they were up there for a reason. They didn't give up. You know, yeah. that's what built this country. That's what people don't don't seem to realize or anymore they don't teach it in school anymore but you know it was like the farmers mm -hmm. built this country and that the uh, first people to come west and stuff they were farmers and ranchers and and uh loggers and stuff they built mm -hmm. this country and nobody even yeah. realizes that anymore came through first you and built the, built the groundwork so that other yeah. people could come through they came and have through a place to live and be and uh, settled among the indigenous people and fought or lived peacefully, whatever worked at the time. You know, it's just, mm -hmm. it's uh, U.S. history, which I don't know that they even teach in high school anymore, is very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. That was always my favorite subject. Yeah. And it was easy for me. So. Yeah. So going back to school, since you brought it up, where did you, uh, where do you feel like you grew up mostly? What part of the country? Well, what part of the country? Yeah. Uh, around here. Rainier. Rainier. I was in eight different schools by the time I was in sixth grade. So Holy cow. That's a lot of moving around. That is, yeah. And, and your dad was in the Navy, right? No, in the Air Force. Air Force. Army Air Force. And then he... When they split, he went Air Force. So. Okay. Okay. And so that's why you did all that's of that moving around. Right. Right. Okay. And that's what brought you guys out here? Yep. Okay. So. It was the second time out here. Oh, really? We were here in 53 uh, when my brother Don was born. And then we moved back here again, came back out in 60. Okay. Huh. So when you came back out here, was there a big difference in this area from any place that you had lived before? Oh, yeah. Well, we, I mean, we moved in Spanaway for a while. And when I was in the fifth grade for, I don't know, five months or so, and then we moved out to Rainier mm -hmm. and a population of 316 people. Yeah. It was great. I mean, everybody knew everybody. 
You yeah. know, you could walk down the street and people would talk to you. They wouldn't look the other way. And, hmm. You know, and didn't weren't worried about getting mugged and kids could still go out and play and yeah. and ride your bikes all over the country, ride your horses all over the country and mm-hmm. people go by and honk their horn cuz they knew who you were and yeah. Just, huh. There was a there was a a freedom for kids growing up then that your generation uh your parents generation don't even recognize mm-hmm. for the most part do you want to tell the people about hunting after school and how you would how you would get your get your gun <laughs> well back then it was not uncommon i'd take my rifle when i was in the 8th grade 8th grade when did I buy that? I was 14, so 8th or ninth grade. Mm-hmm. I'd take it to, to school on the bus, give it to the teacher or the principal, and then I'd hunt my way home. So so you could bring a gun to school, yeah. sling it across your back, bring it in, hand it to the teacher or the principal, and they'd keep it until after you were done studying for the day. Yeah. Give it back. School and let out, and then I'd hunt my way home. Huh. You know... <laughs> I can't even imagine. I mean, okay, so I can imagine that kind of responsibility, that kind of freedom, but at the same time, it's completely alien, you know? Well, it is to you, but I mean, uh, hell, when we when I was in high school, those of us that had pickups, had gun racks, we had a gun in there all the time. I always had one in the back seat of my car, mm-hmm. just... You know, did anybody ever steal them? No, hell, they didn't even lock them up. Keys were in the ignition most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. You, you're serious. Oh, I've never heard that. Gosh, that is a com- that's completely different. And I wonder what kept people from doing that because even in a town of 315 now, I mean, somebody's bound to like have a bad relative come into town and start like stealing people's crap. You know, everybody knew everybody, so they if they'd know when something happened. I, sp- I suppose you know, the news would spread pretty quick. Well, it was not only spread quick, but they everybody watched out for everybody else. You know, uh-huh. well, I saw somebody driving your your pickup the other day that I didn't recognize. Oh, that was just so and so. I let him borrow it for a day or whatever. You know, so mm-hmm. it's all good. Huh. Yeah. That's crazy, because if you leave your keys in the ignition now, you can almost guarantee Oh yeah, it's but, gone but by the, the time you get out of Fred Meyer. <laughs> people ha- don't have scruples. They're not raised with scruples. Most of them aren't anymore. You know, about half the population, in my opinion, figure if they can get something for nothing, it doesn't matter how they do it, stealing or mm-hmm. or or swindling or whatever, they'll do it. It just it's, it's really sad to me that our society has got to the point that it is. So what do you think what do you think caused that? Because that was a short time before that change. When did you when do you think that first kind of came about? People started ha- having to watch their stuff, lock up doors at night, things like that. I don't remember doing it Adam till actually in, until I split from my first wife and moved into Olympia for a while. 
Until okay. I, and it was just because that's what I was told to do with the guy I was staying with. And <laughs> he said, lock, you, I mean, lock I, your car. I never lock. We'd lock our house when we left, of mm-hmm. course, you know, just because. But half the time we didn't. It was just everybody mm-hmm. knew that. Well, everybody knew that I, if I found out who they were, I'd come looking for them. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it was, and it was, there was lots of us that way. And, mm-hmm. and we just kind of looked out for each other. Like I said, it was. Huh. That's, that's fascinating. So would that have been around 1973? Late, no, that was, well, when I. 81 when I split first wife and I split up so it was prior to that you know okay okay so now I don't think even after grandma and I got together we moved out to Rainier we had a lot more people around then but I we had good, really good neighbors, and they watched our place. I don't think we locked the door half the time there. Of course, we had bow, so nobody was going in the house anyway. So, right, but huh. yeah, that is completely, completely different. So, you've obviously seen a couple of batches of high school kids come through and grow up over the years. High school kids, when you were in high school versus high school kids now. Is there a difference? Are they are they any different at all? Well, a lot of difference. The more, more of the more of the high schoolers now are a lot more focused on education than we were when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, back then it was just you know, nobody could afford college. There were very limited scholarships. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was basically just get through high school and get out into the workforce and start making something of yourself. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, it's, it's totally different. And we went through a time period, especially in the 70s and the 80s when when uh, drugs controlled way too much of, uh, lack of a better word, children's thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, and every, and that's when everybody started getting these free rides and all this stuff. You know, I worked from the time I was 13 years old on mm-hmm. every summer. Mm-hmm. And that's just because there was things I wanted. I came yeah. from a large family, and we were lucky to have a set of new clothes to wear the first day of school. Yeah. So I figured out, well, you know what? I got to do it myself. Yeah. And then my dad left when I was 14, so I kind of became the dad of mm-hmm. my six brothers. Yeah. So several of them grew up hating me, but that's that's life. Yeah. It's ancient history now, so I don't dwell on it. But Yeah. I'm <clears throat> I'm convinced half the time that Noah hates me, but you know, he's just No, I you you guys are closer than you think. Oh yeah, no, we are. We are. I, I tease him a lot. You are both totally. There's no. There's nothing really the same about you two. You're both two separate people. 
mm-hmm. to the extreme both ways. You know, you are yeah. who you are. He is who he is. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And there's really no comparison there. It's just. <laughs> yeah. So uh, when you started working at 13, what were you doing over the summer? Working in hay fields. Okay. So you were bucking Catching hay. chickens, wood, cutting wood, whatever I could find. Okay. So when did you get your first real job that was kind of full-time? When I went to work for Warehouser. Okay. And you were 18. just logging then? Yep. What was that like, transitioning from? That was that was good. They were doing man's work. It was big money back then. You know, I was mm-hmm. making twenty five bucks a day. Hmm. Three dollars and seventeen and a half cents an hour is what I started in the chokers for. Huh. And that was good money. You know, I went from uh, when I graduated at seventeen, I mm-hmm. couldn't get a full time job. So I worked. So mom talked me into going to college for a semester, junior college. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, okay. I didn't really have anything else to do, but I was, I was, go in the morning for four hours, mm-hmm. or actually about three and a half, and then I'd get to back at noon, and I'd work in the service station from noon till four, and then at the then I'd go to work at the chicken ranch till. Eight or midnight, two o'clock in the morning, whatever we were doing, and yeah. then I'd get up and do it again. Yeah, and then I was on, was only making enough money to keep my car running back and forth to school where I didn't really want to be anyhow. Yeah, I just did it for mom. Yeah, I would. Do you remember what classes you took? No, I just took. I was just trying it. I just took what I had to take. To, mm-hmm. But I was not ready to go. I wasn't, after the first quarter of my senior year, they told me I had enough credits to graduate. So the rest of my senior year was a total waste of time, and I was gone more than I was there. <laughs> they'd come in the front door, and they didn't make the head count, and I'd go out the back door. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in classes like that at uh, community college where – as soon as the teacher sends around the checklist for like who's here for today, people check it, pack their stuff up, and walk out of the room. And yep. you're like, okay, they're getting their money. That's all that matters. Hey. Good luck on the test. You know. Well, that you, school you... was not difficult for me in anything mm-hmm. other than English lit or something like that. I had to work at, but any of the math and the histories and geography and that stuff, that mm-hmm. was, was a piece of cake. But, did you ever take any foreign language, or was there ever a foreign I, language? Requirement? I had. I didn't have to take a foreign language in high school because I had it in second grade, second and third grade. Oh, really? Yeah, Spanish. Spanish, yeah. That was when I lived when we lived in Delaware. Oh, interesting. Okay. So, huh. But it was it wasn't mandatory. It was just taught. It was really part of the curriculum. Yes. Oh, that's interesting. So, what year would that have been? Uh, well, 56, 7, 8. And they taught, like, serious Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's that's actually really cool because I don't think a lot of people, I mean, a, a lot of people today want to say stuff like, you know, 
back in the 50s they were all everybody was a racist and you know it was speaking you know get out and no that's not the way it was i mean uh there was a lot of racism but i don't think there was any more than there is now really right now i th personally think that this deal with the african americans or blacks or whatever they're going by now and the chicanos or mexicans or whatever they're calling themselves it's always been around and i think mm -hmm. it was worse worse in the 60s than it is now or worse now than it was in the 60s as far really? as as far as the uh, blacks go oh that's fascinating and i i wonder sometimes i wonder if that's a factor of the media in the no, media cycle no doubt no doubt in my mind the media the media is controlling this country the media and the insurance companies the, yeah. me the media pumps your head full of absolute nonsense a lot of times and there's a lot of stuff that they get out there that you don't need to know and they don't get it right to start with so it's mm -hmm. it just confuses everybody confuses yeah. the country starts rumors it's you know there should have never been any reporters embedded in any war with the soldiers oh there's, you don't think so no no there's stuff war is war mm -hmm. conflict is conflict the whole idea of war is to win. Mm -hmm. And everybody that's ever been in the service will tell you they've had to do things they, to stay alive that they didn't necessarily agree with. Mm -hmm. But living was a better choice. Right. So. Yeah. It's, you know, there really isn't any rules of war because nobody follows them. So why bring mm. it up? Why have people in there documenting this? You know, why it just drags it out further and further. Mm -hmm. If you're going to have a war, get in there and kick ass and get out. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know, I think there is there's a lot of rules of engagement, especially when it comes to you know, it, and it's really difficult, right? Because you don't want to. You don't want to turn a country into a molten sheet of glass, but at the same time, you kind of do have to hurt people and break their things. Well, exactly. In order to make and it I just stop. wonder if there's ever been a study as to how many of our soldiers were killed waiting to follow the rules of engagement. You know, that's a good question. I've I've that's known a, really good question. a lot of veterans and talked to a lot of veterans that would be dead. Now, if they had followed the rules of engagement, hmm. I think, I think that's probably accurate. I think that's very accurate because. Well, I know it is. I know these. I know these people. I know they're still alive, mm -hmm. and I know they tell the stories, and they say, "Well, I shouldn't tell you this." Yeah. But it's ancient history now, you know. Well, I guess if the media got a hold of it, it wouldn't be. But no, because they're. I mean, they're. They're trying a guy, or they were trying a guy, just a couple weeks ago, who was a Navy SEAL commander that um, he was fighting in Syria, and he was fighting ISIS alongside, like, the Iraqi forces mm -hmm. or either the Kurdish forces in the north. 
and um, they killed like a whole convoy of ISIS fighters. And then there was one like 17 year old, old enough to be dangerous, right? Oh yeah. And um, they took him into custody and were um, basically giving him like a quick field interrogation. And like he had half of his legs blown off, and like the kid was really, really badly hurt. So he probably wasn't going to live very long with frontline medicine like it is over there. And this Navy SEAL commander was tried at a court-martial here in the U.S. because the guys in his platoon accused him of, like, slicing this kid's throat while he was in their custody. Turns out, these guys didn't report the incident until six months after the fact. Usually when people report things over there, apparently it happens like the week of or the day of. Mm -hmm. People are like, this is not right. Whatever this guy did was not okay. And they call up the chain of command, right? Well, uh, apparently his story is he was trying to put in a trach, right? Give him an emergency tracheotomy because his throat had begun to swell because he was like in the process of dying or something. Mm -hmm. They thought they could get more information out of him if they gave him an emergency trach and sent him back to get more medicine, more medical care. Um, but because of what he did and because of what he was doing, and he was actually one of the more strict SEAL commanders over there, the guys that he was with didn't like him. Mm-hmm. And so they reported him up the chain of command for war crimes, right? Air quote, war crimes, um, because they didn't like the way he was riding them really hard to be extremely good at what they did. So that kind of goes to talk about the war crimes that you were talking about, you know. Is there such a thing as a war crime? Well, I mean, the Holocaust... Genocide is a war crime. Right. The killing of unarmed people and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But by the same token... Many, many soldiers have been killed by a five-year-old coming up asking for candy, and they had a bomb strapped to them by the yeah. by an adult sitting back with a trigger. Yeah, and that and that is that's, that's the disgusting. crime. Yeah, that is the crime. That's disgusting. You know, they kind of. I mean, if you watched American Sniper, did you ever watch American Sniper? Oh yeah. Yeah, they kind of showed that in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I think that that went on in Vietnam tremendously. Oh, really? Yeah, that was. I haven't heard any stories like that. Yeah, that was that was a known factor. I mean, you just and it happened uh, in Afghanistan a lot. I mm-hmm. I know a I know a guy that a kid wasn't involved. It was a an adult, mm-hmm. but he was. Uh, coming walking down the road and they were convoying and they told him to halt and he just kept coming mm-hmm. they told him to halt again so they took him out with a 50 cal which mm-hmm. was totally not supposed to do they weren't supposed to fire unless they'd been fired upon right that is the rules of engagement. Well, it blew about a 15 foot crater in the road when really they, when they hit, when they hit him yeah and that that's the type of thing that i think makes soldiers scared to do their jobs. Exactly. 
because they have they have a job right and it's to kill people and break their things it's it's as bad it's it's the same thing here with with our uh police enforcement they are, have a job they have a job to do some of them had made mistakes mm-hmm. but damn it you tell somebody to halt and they keep coming at you what are you gonna do protect yourself you know they said right. well there was three of you well I know a man who was police chief in Renton and an ex-marine and an ex-marine uh, prison guard mm-hmm and uh, he says, you get somebody on PCP, he says, 10 men can't take them down. Yeah. And if they're intent on hurting you, they're going to kill you, he says. No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. That was what they told us in um, Police Explorers, too. Uh-huh. They basically said, if you have somebody on PCP, the only thing that's going to... S- well, depending on how their body specifically reacts to PCP, because it's a weird drug... Um, they may or may not go down with third. I mean, we know people who are nurses that have had to treat people with 30 gunshot wounds yeah, yes. because they're high on meth or PCP. Yep. And oh. it's because they weren't hit in the central nervous system, right? They didn't, they didn't take one to the dome. And so because they didn't take one to the dome, it didn't shut their, the rest of their body down. Mm-hmm. And even then, you know, the drug is, I mean, it's, it's a crazy thing what people have invented and then put and then ingested right mm-hmm. yeah, so, drug, drugs you know how I feel about drugs it just yeah it, it's tearing this country apart and now they're legalizing it so <laughs> yeah you know and it's just the first it's 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 just a chain reaction okay now we legalize marijuana in X amount of states well, pretty soon it'll be something else and something else and something else. Well, they're trying to decriminalize mushrooms in Denver right yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. See, there you go. Denver was one, or Colorado is one of the first states to legalize marijuana. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it is just, it's it's a matter of time, because these, for lack of a better term, from people that I listen to podcasts online, Joe Rogan. He used to do Fear Factor mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he's in California, and a lot of the people he has on are, or some of the people he has on are often recreational, right? Big big air quotes, recreational right. drug users, right? Um, and they're all like, like they're doing trips to Central America and like all sorts of stuff to try to go get high or mm-hmm. whatever. And what they basically say all the time is, yeah, you know, it's it's weed now. But what we really need is to get mushrooms legal. And everybody's like, yeah, man, make the mushrooms legal, man. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, this is honestly just a slippery slope. Because as soon as we get on that slope, oh, we're legalizing weed, now we're legalizing mushrooms, and, ah, you know, crack and heroin and all that kind of well, stuff. Well, I grew up during the drug area. Mm-hmm. Hate Ashbury and the hippies and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and uh, I haven't got enough fingers to count the number of people that I know that started with weed. Oh, really? And went 
to coke and heroin and meth and acid and whatever, PCP, whatever they could get their hands on. Mm-hmm. And I have, I have two brothers, one's 64 and the other one's, what, he's 55. They're both strung out still. Wow. It's a hard train to get off of. You have to want to, you know. And they're both su- yeah. super intelligent guys. They could do most anything, both of them, but okay. just worked long enough to get another fix, another high. Mm-hmm. That's too bad. And they have nothing, you know. Yeah. So, including me, because I don't, I don't care to be around them. Well, I mean, <laughs> they they've isolated themselves, and they've kind of rejected i mean because if they would have come to you for help you know i tried i did all that stuff and, right and but i mean way it, back when they you did started, it they, you know, i did yeah they did it to appease me that was all they mm-hmm. didn't have no intention of quitting yeah oh that's really sad now you've told you've told me so and i don't know if you want to talk about it but i've heard of a place called the rainbow canyon is that Rainbow Canyon? Was it? What was it? You're talking about the the uh, rock festival they had out at Little Rock here twenty yeah, years did, ago. Yeah. Did you go to that? No. No. I went to one back in 1969, and it was right over here, not too far. Mm-hmm. And that was. Just to see what it was like. I mean, I didn't participate. We just kind of walked through, and yeah, you know, you got people sitting around, starcast naked, and they're <laughs> popping drugs and smoking dope, and they got helium balloons tied to their gonads and stuff. Oh gosh, I, it was so ridiculous, <laughs> so ridiculous. I, I'll bet. And, uh, and you're working logging at this time, yeah. right? Oh yeah. And so you're going up into the woods doing and, real work, and yeah. then you're like, eh, let's just go, let's go see what, let's go yeah, see what well, the hippies are doing over here. Me and my wife and another couple thought, well, we'll go, go check this out because it was right in our back door, basically. Right. You know? Yeah. And it was, it was something else. <laughs> Comes your family. Oh boy. Okay. Well. <laughs> Gosh. And I, I'm going. You know, I'm thinking, why? Are people doing this to themselves? You know, yeah, what are they escaping from? I have no idea. You know, I I mean, I'm no angel by any means. I liked my beer and whiskey back then, but I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't do drugs. I just I saw what it did to my brothers mm-hmm. and a lot of guys that I went to school with. Mm-hmm. You know. Older and mostly younger, but mm-hmm. it just it was just there's just a bottomless pit, basically. Yeah. When is it? When is enough enough? I went to a. Well, we used to always run around. Somebody'd have, oh, come over to so and so's house, you know, and and well, all right, we'll go on over and have a beer, and we're sitting there, and mm-hmm. they're doing dope, and I'm going, no, this ain't working for me. And then pretty soon, they're doing acid, and 
They're sitting there crying. They're sitting there giggling. They're sitting there making really? total asses out of themselves. You know, uh-huh. it's, it's it was a really bad era, and I'm glad that you guys have never been around that. You know. Yeah, I've, I I was always able to just no walk away and right. It's not for me, mm-hmm. but you know I've pretty much been on my own since I was fourteen, mm-hmm. and uh, I've wanted to make something of myself. And right. I was married then, and my wife was pregnant, and mm-hmm. it was you know I'm not going to end up like that. No, no not, way, shape, or form. Right, and it's like not even in the in a question, not even a question. Yeah, I've heard stories of kids that, for whatever reason, they go to raves, raves, you know. It's just basically, it depends on the rave, but a dance party, essentially, where people are dropping, I mean, they're still dropping acid, they're still dropping whatever kind of... Yeah, uh, and with all the technology is. that's out there, that and the education about it, mm-hmm. Seems to make no difference to anybody. And you can you can see what it the does results. to your body. Yeah, and you can look in the mirror and see the results if you're doing that crap. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's to me that's just so sad that that they don't have any more to live for than to get mm-hmm. high. Yeah, and that's it's their upbringing, in my opinion. You know, you can't. You can't spank your kids anymore. You can't even really hardly discipline them anymore. Mm. You know, you're supposed to pat them on the back and say, well, that wasn't the right thing to do, so we got to try harder. No. Slap them <laughs> in the back of the head and you do it again, you're just going to be in the nose. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. I um, mean, I, I know that's a totally different way than things are done now, but, you know, I think the all out of five kids, the only one I ever really spanked was Brian, and he yeah. was hard-headed. And then I figured out, oh, I made him go get his own switch, and I never, ever had to spank him again after that. Oh, yeah? Uh, and the rest of them was just threaten him and give him a look. <laughs> they were like, oh, no, no, please. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, point being, you know, I didn't have to lay a hand on them. Mm-hmm. And look how they all turned out. They're all yeah. They're all successful. All successful, well-respected adults. You know. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Maybe my way was wrong, but worked for me. Uh, t- you turned out fine people. So my dad used to beat the bejesus out of us with a belt, and uh, I learned from that. Yeah. You know. Well, I think there's that, a there's a line between abuse and correction. And for some people who don't understand, it's a very fine line. But the line, but that line has been broadened, Adam. Oh there, yeah. There's, uh, I was abused as a child by today's standards, mm-hmm. and I didn't think so at the time because I had it coming. You know, if I got in trouble at school and got swats. I got worse swats when I got home. You oh know? yeah. So it was I, just the way it was. Yeah. And I would say, in my opinion, that more, we probably percentage-wise had more successful people come out of high school 
when I was there mm-hmm. than we did in the 70s and 80s, percentage-wise. Percentage-wise. Yep. That's that's interesting. The early 80s. The later 80s, you know, that's when when your mom and and uh, aunts and uncles all are in their early 90s. That's when mm-hmm. they all graduated. And right. They, but they were... That was more of an education-related success, right? Yep. Because most mm-hmm. of them went yep. to college or started working right away. And Yep. Well, they all worked. They yeah. all worked in high school. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they wanted to drive, they had to work. Yeah. If they wanted uh, special things, you know, that I didn't, that Grandma and I couldn't afford, well... Get off your dead butt and go get make some money. You know. Yeah. I mean, they had to buy their insurance if they were going to drive, and they had to pay for their gas mm-hmm. and learn the maintenance. You know, I paid right. for most, or I paid for the maintenance, but you're going to be right there with me doing it. You know. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard the story that uh, your mom and dad were together five years before she let. Your dad changed oil in her car. Oh, really? <laughs> no, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Huh. So mom was doing that, it that whole time? Yeah. It always made me feel pretty good. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. And I'm doing my oil now. Well, you should be. You should yeah. have been doing it years ago. Well, I mean, you know. It's often, not rocket often, science, Adam. No, it's not. You're right. It is not rocket science. Um, there are other things that are more rocket science, like a stupid water pump. Gosh. Timing. My friend Cutter and I had to do had to time the uh, engine so that when I when we put the um, when we put the timing belt back on after replacing the water pump, that was like the most tedious I've ever been with doing automotive repair and it was like wow i have a new respect for you know mm-hmm. anything automotive related just because it took so much hard work and like oh gosh now the belt's too loose oh no no it's too tight then yeah, now it's not top dead center anymore you know mm-hmm. so we're at 45 minutes now okay so I'm gonna we got company coming. So. Right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it off here. But all right. I really appreciated this. It was fun. This was good. Thank you for coming on. Well, I enjoyed it actually. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. That's what that's my goal. My goal is that everybody who comes on the podcast, they don't miss the time, so they don't like get to 45 minutes and go, oh crap, I'm glad it's over. Well, right. Don't take it wrong, but I didn't really have anything pressing to do. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Oh, boy. All right. (laughs) We'll cut it off there. And that's it. Thanks for listening to the podcast this week. Uh, Tune in next time. I don't know who we're talking to, but it is sure to be a good one. So, until then, I will catch you next time.